And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Hey guys, here with Josh Thompson. John McCarthy, and we have a special guest today because there's absolutely nothing that we're doing at home, so we're just trying to stay entertained. We're just Chale. trying to entertain Chael, too, because you know, he's not doing anything either. He's bored. Shooting Girl. ourselves. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm thrilled to be talking to you guys. Not a whole lot going on. It's actually cold out here in Oregon, too. Now we're dealing with the rain. We got this little wussy, faceless virus going around tackling people, and we got the rain. <laughs> I tell people the story all the time. We're doing the promos for the Connecticut show and Chael doing the promo and he turns and he goes, yeah, so everybody in the crowd, I want to welcome you guys tonight. Look to your left, look to your right. One of you has the virus. <laughs> it was one of the greatest things. I started cracking up. Hey, I just saw that promo you did a, lot, a while back. I think it was for the Anderson fight, talking about fighting down in Brazil. And you said, I'm from the mean streets of, where are you from? West, West, West Lynn. West Lynn, Oregon. And it was just this long, about the guy littered and spit the gum out. Fucking classic, man. I, I'd never seen that before and I watched it yesterday. Yesterday, bunch of bunch of videos going around about you yesterday because it was your birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, my man! It was, thank you very much. Forty three yeah. years young. Yeah, I had a great birthday. Everybody was so nice to me, even in the middle of all the uh, turmoil, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it was. So how how's everything else? Good. Everything's good. Yeah, let's see. I mean, there's no end in sight, which is always tough. Like for a human being, you got to give them hope. And right now, nobody has given us hope. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that that could be the Tony business is true. But as the days go by, I think we're going to have to turn the page on that as well. Come on. <laughs> Chill. Do you honestly think that fight's going to happen? I'm hope. I have hope that it will happen. <laughs> I don't have it. I don't have an assurance. No. Yeah. Um, Not right now. I guess John and I were talking about this beforehand. Chael, why? Why would Tony take this fight if Khabib is out? Why? Well, I think the easier question would be why not? I mean, all I could do is put myself in his shoes, and I agree that whatever goes up must come down, and this is going to be a great letdown. Uh, you know, five tries up to blat, uh, bat, five times being named the number one contender, and for five weird reasons it's taken away from you. But if you're trained and you're in great shape for a fight that's two weeks away, if the, if the weigh-in is right there and whoever they bring you, you know is going to be lesser than that. I mean, I would say competitively he's got a major leg up on whoever they're going to put in. It looks like Justin Gaethje. I think Justin Gaethje is even going to have to go, oh, geez, can we make this three rounds? <laughs> nope. Yeah, I just – I don't see the, the – Tony, Tony's a extremely talented fighter. We all know that. Like, he's good all the way around. But the the fight, there's no other fight to be made. It's just him and Khabib. I mean, outside of the Gaethje fight, sure, that's a fight we'd like to see. But I'd also like to see that for, even if it was for an interim title, I'd rather see it for the real title. And I think all the tension over the time that's been going on between, between Khabib and Tony... It just adds more fuel to the fire, even though it has to be postponed. But this is this isn't for some some fucked up reason where Khabib didn't make weight, Tony fell off the stage. This is something that worldwide we can't stop. So I think people would be more understanding than what happened last time. Why why change it? Why? Yeah, I fully agree with you. People are more than understand. I mean, Tony could have blinked first. Nobody would have said boo. Khabib could blink first. Nobody would have backed out. I'm just saying, as far as the organization trying to push forward and have a date happen on April 18th. As more and more time goes by, I think that that window gets closer and closer and smaller and smaller yeah. to look like it's going to happen. I still 
hope because I need light at the end of the tunnel. Somebody is going to have to tell us, look, if this is the new normal, let's get on with it. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at the the map of the United States and it shows basically all of these states that are on lockdown. And I think there's four, South Dakota, South Dakota, North Dakota. Uh, I want to say Iowa's one and maybe Alabama. I'm not sure, but those are the only ones that aren't on lockdown. And the other, there's a couple in there. Utah's got where the big cities are, but the, the open areas are not. How is, how are they going to do this show with all of these states basically being on lockdown? I, you know, I just don't see how it's going to come about based upon the obstacles that are in their way. Yeah, and even, if you, even if you find a place that doesn't have lockdown, which won't, all 50 states do have it. Even if you do, you then have to get to a higher degree, which is the fact that they will respect the athletic commissions. And the athletic commissions in all 50 states have said no. So America as a whole, and I know the rumor of Florida keeps coming up. It's not happening in Florida. If it happens at all, it has not happened on American soil. Yeah. I mean, you're really just, I think, my concern is this, is that there's two things. Chael, um, you've you've obviously fought at the highest level. You fought everybody. But my point is, is you got to get motivated for this. This so much up and down. As a fighter, you're you're here. We are a couple weeks away. What a week and a half, two weeks away from this fight. It's going to affect your performance. That's one. You have no idea who you're fighting. Khabib's already come out and said, "This is very unprofessional. I don't even have a location of where I'm going to be fighting at. Where?" So all this stuff adds up. You're now you're not getting the best out of your fighters. Now you're also putting them in danger. As if it, fighting wasn't dangerous enough. I mean, you, you got to start wondering, towing the company line and trying to make money. You're now damaging the. I guess kind of the, the chances of someone really getting hurt over the fact that they're just mentally not prepared for this type of fight. And, you know, me- fighting is a mental game, 100%. Sure. I mean, that's one part of it. What you're saying cannot be denied. I'm just backed up to still step number one, which is Khabib's point. Where? Where is the venue? Until we have a venue, until we have a location, yeah. the date of April 18th and the, and the players of Khabib and Tony, those things all come down later. If we do not have a venue secured or we do this securely under the unified rules, we don't have anything left to talk about. Yeah. John? I'm, I'm telling you, it's, I, I want to see the fight. I just don't. I just see the, the obstacles in the UFC's way are so great. So big, so huge. It's going to take a monumental effort for them to be able to pull this off. And like you said, I don't think it's going to be here in the States. At one time, I did. I thought that yeah. they were, you know, possibly going to be able to do it, maybe even on tribal land. I, I knew of a couple of places that they were looking and had talked to. But where, you know, other than going towards you know, we had talked before, the Middle East, do you see any place besides the Middle East that they would be able to do that show? Well, I can tell you that the uh, the president of Chechnya, who is denying having COVID nineteen, is welcome <laughs> this fight. I know him. I have met him. Yeah, and there seems to be Cut a, her few, off. a few moving parts about wanting to jump in bed with the president of Chechnya for any reason. But That's under not- the challenge, the rules of the challenge that John put forward, I'll throw out Chechnya. All right. So here's the thing, though. Let's 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 get out of the UFC. Let's figure out like they'll, they'll figure it out if they if they're going to get this thing done but let's now move on to the fighters do you really want to see this fight with them right now given all the circumstances and the things that are going on we're not going to get the best guys 
This is not going to be the performance that we should be, that everyone's been waiting for because of this. Well, and I'll tell you more, more, moreover, I'll give you a prediction. If this fight does come to fruition, if they find a way and they scramble and they get this done by April 18th, the greatest bet you could possibly make could be Vermagomedov misses weight. <laughs> that's I, I don't here's the thing as i just i saw him just two weeks ago i don't know what he what he's been doing since he got we went back to russia um but he, his weight was fine i mean he was like in the 80 81 you know 80 range i mean that's normal for him normal for him and he's been walking around 78 to 81 somewhere in there waking up you know in 77 78 that's not bad for him not normally like it, that week he shows up makes that weight so I wouldn't be too surprised. I know he's still training. He's always training at home. They opened a brand new huge facility there in, in Dagestan. Uh, I want to say it's like 53,000 square feet or something like that. So it's a beautiful new facility. I think all the other guys went back. So they're all still training. They're still doing what they're doing. I I, I don't see it being a problem or an issue. But if I was Khabib with my undefeated record, there's no fucking way. I would put I put my, my title on the line as well as my record on the line and ha not have a location and destination of where this thing's going to be against who. Like it could, it could be sure it's Tony, but you don't know. You don't know. Maybe Tony can't get out of the country. Maybe he can't get into the country that they're talking about going to. So now you, who are you going to have then? It's, it just ends up being, there's too many emotions that go along with fighting Chael. And now you're putting the fighters at risk and the fighters, I don't think we're going to get the best performance out of them. And I'm not trying to bag, I'm not, I'm not bagging on the UFC. I just get concerned whether they were to do the show or not. I want to see the best at the best two MMA guys at 155 fight. And I don't think we're getting that with all this stuff that's going on. And hey, I, I, I'm a little light on the fact that we're going to get it either. I'm still clinging to the idea that they'll pull something out. But even if we don't get it, then we're not going to get it for a meaningful period of time because Khabib goes right into Ramadan and isn't even available until yeah. September. Yeah, very true. true very point. true. Yep. Um, there was something else that I wanted to chat with you about is what did you think? There you go. That's a good. I like that. Right there before we were getting just your, your booger hairs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so like, what do you? What did you think? What was your take on the John Jones punishment? Boy, he got slapped on the wrist. I was stunned, and uh, there was no mention of the firearm at, at at all. I thought this must be a two two piece case, right? Today they're going to talk uh, the drinking and driving, and then we're going to deal with this firearms issue. No, it was all wrapped into one. I don't even think there was a fine. They sent him on home arrest. But if you look at the rule of home arrest, it was still with the mandate done by New Mexico in terms of get your ass home and don't leave it. Uh, that was a slap on the wrist. John, I, I, I know I you got something to say, way. John. Right now, you're under house arrest. <laughs> I'm under house arrest. Josh is under house arrest. So sure. he got, he really, I, I give his, uh, his attorney, man, his attorney was smart and quickly getting in touch with the DA, working out a plea deal. And, you know, part of, you know, I had said, look, he's going to do time because I didn't think that Josh, I, I, I didn't think that John would actually want to do a plea deal. I thought he was going to fight it. And if he fought it, I thought you're going to lose. So I, I knew they were not going to dismiss it. It was too much for them to dismiss, but I give him credit, man. He was smart in going and taking that plea deal. He got a sweet deal. I just hope that this is the thing that, puts him to that edge that he now knows I have a problem that I cannot control on my own. I need help with it. And he gets the help he needs. Yeah, let's hope so. I highly, I would highly doubt that when it seems like there was a big punishment 
is what gets guys closer to that having that revelation as you're speaking of john this one he got away with yeah he really did man that was the whole thing i was i was joking with josh about you you made a comment that you know i don't understand why the police officers are making him do that stuff he told the truth he didn't tell shit for the truth (laughs) he's everything he said was a lie when he was confronted other than he was very polite to the police officers he did exactly what they wanted but everything you're seeing especially as you know he knows that he's being put place under arrest you see him starting to break down you see guys that are under the influence do that all the time because all of a sudden they feel that oh my you know everything i'm doing didn't work and they know that oh the finality is there and i just hope he gets help from it i really do because he needs it well I mean, what what do you think's next for him? I mean, ninety days. I think he's on ninety day house arrest, which is nothing because we're pretty much all locked down for the next sixty days. Um, you know, it, there's not going to be really any live events, so it's not like he needs to get ready for a fight. I mean, he, like you said, he got away pretty much scot free. Look, as long as he has to take classes to try to shake this addiction to alcohol, I think that's the first step in the right direction. I'm ha- I'm a hundred percent happy for him. I'm glad that he is able to admit it to himself that he has an issue. You got to think about like when people, when people have an addiction like this, you got to think in the terms of how it all happened. He's we're on quarantine. He's out drinking by himself with a bottle in his car and he has a firearm. And I was telling John before we even, before we called you, I said, I get nervous about you hear athletes. There's the ultimate high and the ultimate low. And I get concerned. I'm not saying this is an issue, but for me in my mind, Who's to say one day, like depression, suicide, like you don't know, like the ups and downs. I Now I start con- getting concerned about his well-being, you know, and not just from alcohol, but from the fact that you're running around with a gun as well as drinking and driving. You don't know what's going to happen. And as much as I can say whatever we want to say about John, I care. If, I care for him as a human being. And, that, and that's tough to see someone go through it with all the ability that he has. I don't want to see that. And I would, I really want, I was kind of hoping for it to be a little bit harder on him. So maybe it was a come, come to Jesus moment. I just don't know if this is going to be enough, especially with how important discharging a firearm in city limits. And I, I, I don't, I don't like to admit this, but I did that when I was a juvenile and I, I ended up doing 45 days in juvenile hall. You know, I mean, I got 45 days in juvenile hall for discharging a firearm in city limits. And I was living in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho in the fucking mountains. You know, and I still got 45 days. So the fact that he got away scot-free, it concerns me a little bit. Like what's next, you know, outside of fighting, what would be next for him and get back in the gym? You know, if you're not, what, what do you, what do you do? Like outside of his classes, what do you do, Chael? Yeah. A registered weapon is a very real thing. I mean, now he had that registered. I think that was his saving grace, but the mere fact that he had a weapon loaded, under the back seat of a car that had been just been discharged and to John's point that he lied about. They found the casing. Mm-hmm. They could have done the ballistics. I mean, that's a felony to the highest of levels. They just let it go. So I don't know who that judge is friends with or, or, or what fascination he had with John and the family, but that was a slip on the wrist. I mean, I think that's all we could debate right now. We could either debate was it a hard punishment or an easy punishment. It was an easy expedited punishment, but here we are. Yeah. Let me ask you this. A year out from competition. Now you're a year older. <laughs> How are you feeling about not competing anymore? Is it something that is nagging at you, kind of gnawing at you, or are you, are you good with it? 
No, I'm definitely good with it. I made the right decision. I, I do still miss competing. Like, if there was a grappling event that came along and Abu Dhabi came along, I was the Abu Dhabi Super Fight champion. My understanding was you invite, immediately get invited back to defend that championship. This Abu Dhabi, they did away with all super fights. So uh, I didn't have that chance to compete. But if something like that came up, I would be very interested. Yeah, I'm still waiting on that call from that sug, baby. I heard, I heard, I heard you know somebody that knows somebody. Right? <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll tell you, that that has been quite a puzzle trying to piece together in, in world times. I'm sorry if I'm a little disorganized there, John. No, no, I understand, I understand. But I do know that I have a little unfinished business with Gilbert Melendez, and I know he's been on one of your cards. So I'm waiting for that phone call. I heard you know somebody that knows somebody that can get me in. I, so. can get some, I can get that <laughs> match done. Absolutely. I thought it'd be a fun fight. A fun little uh, grappling exchange, man. I got nothing but respect for that guy. Um, outside of that, like, what if they don't get these fights done? Like, what's your take? Are you like, what's your take on what fights we're going to see coming up out of this thing? Yeah. So, so when becomes a big question. I mean, I, I was talking with Garrett Davis yesterday and he just threw out a prediction, but he said we won't be anywhere earlier than August. And August isn't all that bad of a time. I mean, we'll miss the BMF title. We're going to have to get our Grand Prix right back on track. We're going to have to get the gay guards, uh, uh, you know, uh, everything's going to have to come right back around Lima in there with, with gay guard. Yeah. But I guess I would put it to you this way. We are going to be very top heavy. We're going to have some very loaded cards. Patience is a virtue. Patience is going to come, you know, good things to those who wait. And I think in the world of MMA, uh, towards the end of 2020, man, it's it's going to be a good time to be a fight fan. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think from what I you know from what I've been hearing from people in the UFC is one of the things that they have been told is, hey, we're doing all of the all of the cards that we were scheduled to do. They are all going to be done, and if that means that we're doing fights on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, that's what's going to happen. And then I was also told I think Bellator is just waiting. All the fights that they have scheduled, they're going to do all of those cards. So at the end of 2020, no matter what, and the real question is exactly what you're saying. Does it start in June? Does it start in July? Does it start in August? Who knows when it starts up? But when it does, seems like we're going to have nothing. We're going to be inundated with fights, yeah. which is very good if you're the guy that works for everybody. I was just going to bring that up. I was just going to bring that up. I, look, there was there was a cup. I I think I've told you this, Chael, but I wanted to, to make it more public and let everyone else know. You're one of the only guys that crosses the lines. And I, I've, I'd i like to compare you sometimes to Michael Strahan because he did Good Morning America. He does, you know, he did worked with uh, what? It was Michael and Kelly, I think is what it was called. But it was, yeah. the, you know, I, and I got to tip my hat to you, man. You do a wonderful job. You do a great job all around. I always tell my producer here that, uh, yeah, he's not as good as he as he thinks he is. But but honestly, you're you're absolutely amazing, man. I I was telling John there was we did one, I think one of the very first Mohegan shows that you and I worked together. And you try and you and you 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 pulled it off. You compared John Fitch to Babe Ruth. And I said, I walked away from there going, I fucking believe that John Fitch was Babe Ruth for a split second there. And uh, and I said, how I, I gotta I gotta follow this guy. This is bullshit. Every time I want to go first before Chael goes, every single time. Well, I appreciate hey, and being good and being busy are two separate conversations. Right? Yes. I'm, I'm not saying I'm good, but when it opens up, I'll probably be a little busy. I think it's good. I mean, this makes us appreciate. It's funny because we were texting a little bit. We're we've been so bored at home, but it makes you appreciate the work that we have because literally just sitting at home means 
Like, there's nothing. Like, what do you do? You just were sitting around twiddling our thumbs, man. Yep. Nothing to talk about. But I wanted to ask you this. The cross promotions. Let me know. Do you Here he think, goes. Do you He's think starting in. Do you think just it'll so ever... You know, be careful, Chael. Do you think it'll ever happen? That's one. <laughs> and two is, what fights... Do, are most excite you outside of like the Lima and the Usman and the Patricio and Max Holloway or Volkanovsky? We've talked about those. What other fights interest you in that cross promotion? If there were ever, even with one, I'm also talking one. I think you hit it. I think overall we have more uh, depth with our women's division, and I get that from the fellow women of most divisions. And whoever's got the champion, you can argue about, but as far as the depth, two, three, four through seven. I mean, uh, the, our women's divisions are very stacked. I even like the way our heavyweights do. Look, I'd like to see Bader in there with Stipe. Yeah. And I think Bader's great, but I think Bader just recently realized himself that he is great. And I think that he would have a lot of confidence, and I think he would bring his skills, and I think he would match up very nicely. I'll, I'll use that one. Ryan Bader versus Stipe Miocic. Yeah. Well, you, you do know that Ryan went to help Stipe – train for a guy named Daniel Cormier and was yep. his, one of his main training partners. Did you hear what occurred in a lot of those training sessions? I just heard that it was very good training. I heard they were close and they matched up well. Yep. That's about very, very close to what I heard. Yeah. The things that, the things that Stipe does well or the things that he doesn't do well, Bader does better like the wrestling aspect of it the speed i think is definitely on bader's side side the size i would give to stipe but not by much yeah, of if you, course if you look at but if you look at stipe right what did he weigh in at when he fought dc last time 238 230 yeah. something so that's not much that's not much uh bigger than ryan bader bader weighed in at 231 232 his last fight i believe so when you're talking size it's not really that big of a difference and i think the guys to beat any if you're a, a guy at heavyweight, if you have any type of wrestling background, good pedigree of wrestling at all, your chances of being successful at heavyweight are pretty big because those guys are like fishes on the back. Once they hit, once they hit the ground, they can't get off. They're like turtles. I mean, not uh, Chael. You're a little that's different, not bro. Not true. Different. Who? Stop. Tell me. You outside of outside Come of Kane Velasquez, doing their fishes on their back and their turtles. Look at counting the silly here's lights. Here's the problem. So, so you you will figure this out. Tell him, Chael. When you have a heavyweight on top of you. <laughs> That's the difference. It's not easy to get out. And second, when they hit you, they're hitting you with a lot more freaking power than you're feeling in the lower weight classes. I you know can't right. be on your back. Yeah, John, that was my experience. When they were on top of you, it, it was a little harder to uh, you know, shrimp and turn those hips. And it, Yeah, you were stuck. You were stuck a little bit better. I think it's easy, man. I think it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Look, I, I think if we're talking, I don't. I'm not really into the whole champion versus champion because I think both promotions potentially lose. You know, I am very interested. Gegar is not our champion right now because we have a vacant 185 pound champion with Lovato. But I am interested in seeing Izzy and him fight. You know, Izzy Adesanya and Gegard Musasi because there's been a lot of talk that Gegar could definitely stand with him, and Gegar has the better grappling and the better wrestling. I mean, is there something that you've seen that maybe would change my mind on that? If you're talking to me, no, I like what you're saying. I'd like to see that fight. I'd even like to see an Aaron Pico type go over to 145 pounds. Put him in with the Max Holloway. I, I think that you'd have a real a real knockdown drag out in that one. Oh, man, you're going to put Aaron Pico in with Max Holloway already? What are yeah. you crazy? What, do you not <laughs> like that Pico, young man? 
I am a Pico believer. I've always been a Pico believer. <laughs> You're letting your wrestling side just overwhelm you. What is going on here? There's truth. There's truth to that statement. <laughs> I love a guy that can admit his bias because I can never do that. <laughs> I can never do that. I, lo I love Aaron Pico, but man, Max Holloway, that is... I love everything about Max. Max is the real deal, man. He just is... That, that guy is a Hawaiian killer. I would How about like, Brian Ortega? Let's bring, oh, let's yeah. bring it down to a number five. Brian Ortega versus uh, Aaron Pico. That's yeah, that's size. I think you know. I for me, I feel like more of the the Frankie Edgar and Aaron Pico. I'd like to see that fight. Sure. Only because sure. both of them are just still both of them. I feel like Pico's not a very big forty five pounder either. He just doesn't want to make the cut to thirty five. He could make thirty five. I think if he wanted to. I just don't think there's any desire from him to do it. He's got the power in his hands. He's got the wrestling to stop uh, Frankie's wrestling. I feel, but I think Frankie's got the movement, and Pico's more of a straight right in front of you type of fighter right now at being so young and new to the game. So those two guys together i think would make for an amazing fight um you know but the experience obviously would go to, to frankie the wrestling background and I, I really like what greg jackson's doing right now with aaron pico he's doing a phenomenal job we've seen we've seen uh him perform better his last two fights so i i i agree with where you're going with that chael i just think i would like to see him get a little bit more experience i'd like to sure. do a little round like kind of like a round robin you've got raymond daniels You've got MVP and you've got Steven Thompson. You've got those three guys. I'd like to see those three guys go in a round robin type uh, oh. fight. That, I mean, oh, just I'm sold. Highlight reels, it's highlight sold. reels. Absolutely amazing. It's man. always rough when you got to take your hat off to a suggestion Josh Thompson that comes up. <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful one, though. It's a I, rough one. I never get any credit, man. Thanks, Josh. You Thanks. just got it. <laughs> yeah. I just gave it to you. Uh, <laughs> tell me if you were to put together, uh, there's two things. There's last two things I wanted to talk to you about. Maybe John's got some more. What's your Mount Rushmore? Cause everybody wants to know. And we've, we've done one before. I want to know what your Mount Rushmore is. And, uh, does it include PEDs or does it not include PEDs? And mine would include whatever, but I will tell you this. I would have two conditions. And first off, it was skills, meaningful skills that got the sport to go, whoa, you did a good job. But secondly, influence. Like, by example, Ronda Rousey's skills were terrible, but she had influence over the sport. She created a division. Ronda goes up there. First round draft pick has to be Hoist Gracie. Yes. And even if you were to take Hoist Gracie's of 1993 skill set and put them here in 2020, yeah, he's going to be JV at best. I understand that, but he's still the guy that went in there and showed us size doesn't matter, that strategy beats strength, that this is a chess match. All of those philosophies that he had true, he walked out there and proved it. Hoist Gracie's, you're for sure going up. I got to for sure put Ronda up. I okay. just do. And then I do think there's something to be said for the greatest heavyweight of all time where you got to put Fedor up. So the question I'm kind of left with is who's number three, the impact that Connor made or the all around greatest of all time in George St. Pierre. And for that, I would probably need a minute to think. Here, let me give you a minute. It's GSP. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. How can you not, you got to look and say, here's a guy in GSP came on the scene was smoking. Everybody ends up losing, gets that fight back, wins it and then wins it again. And then in his other loss, comes back, and he stopped both guys that beat him. He ended up stopping in those fights again and just took on everybody, everybody that was the best. GSP has got to be up there. And the other guy that you're, you're forgetting about, which I'm a little bit upset with you, is who's the guy that really came out, went from heavyweight to light heavyweight, won multiple titles each time, 
you got to go with Randy Couture and what yeah. he contributed at the time to the sport, the class, the way that he represented the sport of MMA and the things that he brought forth. He's got to be up on that that mountain and, too. And John, I will tell you an unsung hero because he met he meets the criteria of being great and he meets the criteria of changing the sport, but he just went away. And that is Marco Huad. You know, when Marco Huad first got in there and had equal uh, skills standing and on the ground, was knocking people, chopping Paul Lar- Barlins down with legs, yep. yep. submitting people on the ground. I mean, that really was a wild concept in 1996 when yeah. we first saw that. We never saw somebody that focused on both, took him to the cage, and then executed both standing and ground skills out of the same athlete. I really think that Marco Huaz is one of the more unsung stars in the history of the sport. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. Um, King of the streets. The, King of the streets. Let me, I'm going to try to add on to this. Is Let's just say that Khabib ends up he beats Tony. Let's just I'm gonna put this out there. He beats Tony, and then he ends up fighting. Is there a chance you see him in GSP fighting? As far as I'm concerned, and as far as if I ever talk to GSP, yes, George wants that fight. George pined for that fight. George did a weight loss challenge and proved that he could get within weight of that fight. Yes, I mean as the years are ticking by, things aren't as looking as great for George. Yeah. But yeah, that's still George, and the champ champ thing still a real thing. If the guy wants to go be champ champ champ. Who the hell's to stop George St. Pierre? Yeah. Let me ask you this, Chael. If you're the UFC, you're Dana White, and you had what occurred with George when he when he beat Michael Bisping and he he had that middleweight title and then said, you know, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'll fight other guys, and then nope, I'm not. Would you want to put yourself back in that position to be under possibly his control again of that title? As of right now, I would not just because the landscape is so thick. You've got Connor back. You've got uh, Khabib and uh, Tony in there. You've got people that have a mandate behind Justin Gaethje. But when all of this dialogue started a year ago, Connor McGregor didn't even have a license. We didn't even know if he's going to come back. Tony Ferg was just this crazy guy that falls over, uh, you know, wires. <laughs> it wasn't the same landscape. Even as popular as Justin Gaethje was, and he was, he's, he didn't have the mandate back then that he did. So, yes, when George came in, I thought that it was perfect timing. Even if George was going to pull the double cross, thanks for the belt, thanks for the money, take the belt back, I'm leaving with your money. I know that pissed Dana off, but I did think at 155 pounds, so what? One night, let's do it. Everybody will get on with it. Right now, John, no. Too many good options. He, he's going to have to come in and prove that he wants to fight. And to prove that he wants to fight, he's going to have to take on one of those other guys and then slide into Gaethje. So if he ends up fighting Khabib, Khabib beats him. Does that put him on the Mount Rushmore? Whoa. Does that put Khabib into the Mount Rushmore? Oh, who are you? Undefeated. Who if, are you? I don't care. You're going to sit there and just automatically say that Khabib beats GSP? Well, the reason why I'm going to say that, are we fighting at 155 or are we fighting a catchweight at 165? What is the air purifier? What is the air purifier going on in that room? Title has to be on the line. If you want George, you got to bring a belt. Okay, so if we're going to bring a belt, do you ever see them implementing a 165 pound then? Because I don't know if George can fight at a performance level at 155, which makes me believe Khabib would beat him because I don't think he'll be the same fighter he is at 70 and 85. We saw he started to kind of slow down too in that 85 pound because he had put on so much weight. He wasn't the same Uh, fighter. No, he didn't. Hold on. Time out. I'm going to tell you right now. I watched him step on the scale Uh two days before. He weighed in for that fight 
with yeah. GSP with I'm sorry with Michael Bisping, and he was weighing with jeans on, with a belt on, with shoes on. Yeah. He took his shirt off. He weighed in at 187 on that day. Yeah. Okay. So he was, and he was trying to put on weight. The weight, as far as the 170, was easy for him to make. I'm not saying that 155 could not possibly affect him. It could, mm -hmm. but he wasn't even close to being. He was. He was exactly what we want. We want a fighter to weigh exactly what that weight class is. That's what he was when he fought Michael Bisping. Yeah, I, 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 I jail. I just think that if you, if we cut him down to 155, we're not getting the same GSP at the level we could normally see him at. And it I would think be a that, talking point. It would be a talking point. Hey, is George going to be faster than ever because he's lighter than ever? Is his conditioning going to be more than ever because he's carrying less weight? Or is George going to be weak? Is George going to be de depleted? I mean, there there is something that we would have to talk about. I tend to lean towards, no, it's going to be the fastest George St. Pierre we've ever seen. George has I agree never had a conditioning issue, and I think that he would even have more in the gas tank. But is that wishful thinking more than I can prove it until fight night? No, it's it's just a prediction. Real yep. real simple. One question real quick, Chill. Chill, you have worked out with George. <laughs> I've kind of done stuff. What was it like working out with a guy that was a 170-pound fighter, a welterweight fighter, when you were fighting at either 185, but you were really a 200-and-some-pound guy when you trained with him? How weak was he? Oh, my gosh. He, I couldn't believe how strong he was. And, John, one thing that, <laughs> that, that his opponents haven't come back like in unison and talked about is his strength, and that's always stunned me. I mean, he'll grab a wrist. You're not getting that wrist back. You know, if he locks it up and a Kimura goes on, you're either tapping or the end of the round's going to come. I mean, he will not let things go. He's got a vice grip. You push him, you try to pull on him. He feels like he's 300 pounds. He is one of the densest and most unique bodies. He might be the most powerful man, and I don't mean powerful 175, the most powerful human I've ever locked up with. That's crazy to think because I've I've trained a little bit and goofed around a little bit with uh, Matt Hughes, you know, and he was his grip, his vice, his clinch, all that stuff to me was Matt like, was oh my God. And then to think that GSP obviously was this equivalent to that, or if not stronger. It, it, it definitely opens my eyes to that. I agree with you guys. But like you said, when we started this conversation is, look, is the, the longer this fight goes out and you guys are saying he's going to potentially be faster because he's lighter. My problem is he's also going to be older. And I'm sorry, but speed doesn't stick around, okay, as That's you get true. older. So this That's fight, true. if this fight does happen, let's say after Ramadan, okay, they do the Tony fight. Now after Ramadan, now we're looking at another six months, maybe longer, before we were to even talk about the GSP fight. We're not seeing this until GSP's 37, possibly pushing into 38. I think by then, does GSP even do it? Yeah, GSP would need to strategize this. I mean, if he thinks he can come in just because he's George St. Pierre, which for a meaningful period of time, that was enough. Right now, he's going to have to look at the fact, okay, we go into Ramadan, the title's jammed up. Conor McGregor's a big draw. Let me go get in the Conor business real yes. fast and take that number one contendership away. But you're right. I mean, we're largely just fantasizing. Dana has made it very clear. I am not giving him that fight. I didn't think he would. But here's the thing. I would, since Connor's been making such a run at 170, I've always said this, that's the fight I would like to see the most is Connor and GSP. I'm a homer because I want to see the Khabib and GSP fight. But I think the fight to really make, honestly, would be the Connor and GSP. I think it'd be the biggest numbers we'd ever seen. Same here. Either way, class 70 or 55, Connor and GSP's biggest fight MMA has. Okay. I just got to ask one question since we that's were. That's what you said one question ago. And grab No, I got to because. Chael, have you ever, ever trained with the hammer? Have you ever trained with Mark Coleman? No. No, I, okay. had, an that I is... had an opportunity. I wanted to, but I didn't. 
It's a good thing you didn't. That is the strongest human being I have ever rolled with in my life. Really? The hammer was incredible. And it, I wasn't the only one because in talk, I, I was sitting there one time. This is years later. And Josh, uh, Josh Barnett and I are talking. He goes, all right, who's the strongest guy you ever rolled with? I go, dude, no doubt in my mind, Mark Coleman. Mark Coleman was a freaking just godlike gorilla as far as strength. When he grabbed a hold of something, everything he did, he'd bring a knee through to get rid of his grip. Didn't work. He's everything he did yeah. was hard. And Josh Barnett says, Oh my God, that's him. That's the guy. So I wanted to know if you'd ever rolled with Barnett. Oh, Barnett. If Barnett tips the hat to anybody, you have to believe it because Josh Barnett gives a grand total of compliments to nobody. <laughs> he did. It is so hard to get a compliment from Josh Barnett. So that means something. Oh, that man. Crazy man. Uh, anything else? I've had it with you both, quite frankly. I can understand why you're bored with us. And you know what? We feel the same. Hey, buddy. Thank you very much. <laughs> Stay safe. All right. Don't piss Happy me birthday, off. Brother. I'll ship up the Stay COVID safe. in the mail. Stay safe from what? Tom from Hanks your kids. Because we're not worried Hanks about you and the coronavirus. Yeah. I have the coronavirus. My whole we're... family had the coronavirus. We passed right through. We passed right through. I'm not trying to be funny. All four of us got it. My, my two-year-old got sniffles for two days. All the rest of us... Pass right through. I'm gonna I'm gonna mail I'm you. It's it's not gonna point. be anthrax this time. Board. It's I'm gonna mail you the COVID virus, baby. Let me know. Let me know how it all Send turns out. Send it over. Out. I'm drinking glass <laughs> of it. Hey, I I appreciate miserable virus is gonna scare. I will plant my feet, put my hands up. That virus could bring some friends. I'll wear them all out. <laughs> hey, I want to wish you again happy birthday, my man. Enjoy the rest of your day with your family, and uh, hopefully we see you soon, man. Because I gotta tell you, I'm getting getting bored at home. Two words. It's really one word, but a long syllable. Kaboom. <laughs> this guy. Uh, all right, guys. Well, hey, like, what'd you think, John? I mean, we just had Chael on, and that's the first time we've actually had the conversation between us. I mean, we sit around the table all the time and talk. It's just yeah. nice to finally get him on, you know, get him on the show. Well, what's funny is here's what most people don't realize. First off, Chael is a very, uh, he's a very solitary guy as far as, he doesn't like a lot of people around him and, you know, he goes off into his room and sits and, you know, well, we invite him to things all the time. He's like, ah, I gotta go talk to Brit. He's, he's yeah. always into talking to his wife, seeing his kids. And he's, he's just a good person. Yeah. The other part that people don't realize, you know, I always looked at it when I was officiating, Josh, I got to that point because you know, I was with the UFC and then I kind of broke away. And when I broke away, I got, you know, Dana mad at me and that was fine. And you know, you're never coming back and that's great. Okay. I won't come back. I don't care. And then eventually I, I ended up kind of coming back and doing their shows. And then I was a part of their shows for, you know, the last part of my career for, for all of them almost. And it, it worked for me as far as I was able to work with all the promotions. I got to yeah. work with the UFC. I got to work with Bellator. I, I worked all over the world. I worked at the place that I'm thinking that possibly Tony Khabib could end up taking place in is which is Chael talked about. But being an official, you kind of have the athletic commission kind of thing there to help you be that guy that can go and work for everybody if that's you know where you're at because promotions would try to lock you up into just, hey, we don't want you working with that, per that promotion. And take a look at what Chael has accomplished. Yeah. Chael is working with Bellator. He's working with the UFC. Yeah. And he's doing a phenomenal job in both aspects. You know, he works the desk in both. He does a great job. And he's the guy, when you're really looking at it, 
man, he can really give you that insight, especially what you're talking about. Hey, if you had crossover fights, which ones would you want to see? Yeah. Because he's watching those guys and he's seeing them up close and he's talking with them. So he's a unique individual, especially in the fact that he's doing something that nobody else is doing. Yep. There's nobody in the broadcast world that is actually working for the two biggest promotions out there. And they're both okay with it. So God bless him, man. He's doing something I wish, uh, you know, that was uh, an easy thing to do. It's not. It's tough and he's accomplished. Yeah, because I think the way he handles it very professionally, that's what he does. When, when we all sit around in groups, that's how things can kind of get, I guess, changed, you know. When I tell you a story, it gets turned around and you tell it to someone else. And by the time it gets to whoever else, it's Completely been told different. 15 different, different ways. Chael, yeah. as soon as we are done doing work, he is up to his room filming He's shows. Done. He's done. Like occasionally, you know, he'll hit us up and be like, hey, you know, um, you know, coffee. Brit, Brit's tired. Do you want coffee? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually at the coffee place. Would you like me to pick you one up? Because we're all going to the same place. You know, or occasionally, you know, he'll be like, hey, I'm going to walk and get food. You want to walk with me? And yep. it's funny because every time we try to pay, he usually beats us to the punch. You know, a little sneaky bastard. But he, um, like I said, I, 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 I wasn't high on him when he was a fighter. And I, I, I don't want to, I, I guess I wasn't high on him because I, I thought I knew it was a shtick. I knew it was a thing. And I yeah. just knew him from before when he was a young fighter up in, in Oregon and he fought Trevor Prangley and fought some other guys. I knew him then, you know, and very, and he seems like what we know and now. He was, and he was so nice. Yes. So quiet. Yep. And so unassuming. And that was the real Chael. Yeah. And then, but Chael had to change so he could actually make something in the sport. And, and you got to admit, you know, he created this, he created what we see now. Mm -hmm. He's the guy. He's the guy that first started doing that yeah. whole shtick of, and, and doing it well, excuse mm -hmm. me. I'm not going to say he's the first guy to ever do it as far as playing the heel. Yeah. But he's the first guy to do it and do it well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was guys, I mean, like I got to give you an example, like Josh Koscheck. he, he was the heel, yeah. but he didn't play it well. He didn't play it well. No. Tito, Tito yeah, didn't Tito, play it well. Same thing. Same exact thing. Yep. So Chael, he sometimes will take it to the next level, but it gets him where he needs to go. And like you said, he's deep. And that's why I, when I did the comparison between him and Michael Strahan, it's very close. They're guys that cross yeah. paths across everything. Well, I think what you're looking at in Michael Strahan is you're looking at a guy who wor works for ABC. Okay. And okay. he works for Fox. Yes. That's two different yeah. complete entities that they don't want their guy going over here and working no. over here. And he's able to accomplish that. And so I think that was a very good comparison in what you're saying between why Strahan and Chael have that similarity. Yeah, I had to just I had to get his input on the crossover and I had to get his input on the um Un and oh the other part is unfortunately they both have to work with Jay Glazer. <laughs> so they're both at a deficit. Uh, that's so funny, man. It's crazy to think how long I mean, like I I've known Jay for so long. It's probably been 12, maybe 13 years, something like that. It's been a long time. I met him through Chuck Liddell. And Jay Jay and Shale have worked together from before, like back when, you know, a long time ago. I think it was the beginning of Fox, right? When the beginning of the Fox? Or maybe, yep. anyway. So, yeah, they had yeah, worked together. That. Yeah, but I think they even knew each other, obviously, before that as well. Jay's always been a great guy and, and very positive energy every time you're around him. Oh, you we, know. we talked about him on the show before. Yeah. He's just, Jay is special. 
Yeah. Good good human being. Yes, he is. You see that with the MVP that he's doing. He's doing that merging vets and players. You see that with the yeah, stuff he's doing there. Such I've a been, good program. I've been part of the the meetings that they do afterwards. The workout. I've helped coach one of the one of the workouts one time, you know, for the LA show when Cyborg was there. It's absolutely surrounding yourself with great people. It's fun to be around. Uh but with Chael, it was good to get him on because I hit him up the other day. I said, Hey, you know, what do you think about coming on? He's like <laughs> Please, God, help me. He's like, yes, of course. <laughs> I would love to come on. He's like, I'm fucking bored at home. We, oh, we, yeah. You know, he's just not, he's not cussing, but he, you know, in his mind, he's just like, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this stuff to be over. You know, um, yeah, I think we're all just getting stir crazy. I think right about now, it's funny. I talked to Coker the other day. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the edge. I'm, I'm right on oh, that yeah. edge now. And I'm ready to jump. So, you know, there was that. But um, I thought, what, what did you take away from him today? You know, I, I, I took away the, the one thing that he said, and I swear to you, Josh, I never thought of it when he said Chechnya. Uh, like, I've done fights in Chechnya. Yeah. Okay, and I will, I'm going to give you this. Uh, Katarov is the dictator who runs the country of Chechnya. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you just a little bit of background because there's a whole lot of art. There's a lot of articles you go out there. There's there's a uh, a uh, writer for Bloody Elbow, Karima Zadine, I believe is his name. And he, he does a lot of articles that he writes about how bad he feels that Kotaroff is for the sport of MMA. But Kotaroff has taken MMA and he has his own fight team. He created and made an MMA arena. Wow. All right. This arena is meant to have MMA fights. And that's where I've, I've done fights at. And he is of the belief that Chechen men are going to utilize MMA to show their superiority in the sport of MMA and that MMA is the national sport of Chechnya now. He has made it the national sport. This is our sport. Wow. And so if you're a man, you're expected to fight. And wow. so that's the way he believes. And when Chael makes the statement of, you know, we don't have COVID in Chechnya. Okay, he believes that because, you know, he actually came out and said there's no gay people in Chechnya. And and it's like, you know, that's because he gets rid of you. Wow. All right? And that's not right. But the, the UFC as a company has had, you know, this position where they actually started to bring over a couple of his fighters. And there's this weird, you know, uh, cohabitation between the UFC and Katarov. Katarov has been to the shows that have been in Russia, yeah. you know, he got privileged seating there. You know, obviously the UFC gave him those seats and stuff. And so there's a weird dichotomy. If you're looking at this entire situation of how the UFC deals with him and then deals with the press who talks about that situation because of the things that, you know, have been done against the basic human rights of things yeah. that happened in Chechnya. So it's a weird thing, but if you're going to look and say, is there a place that, Dana could actually find that would say, yes, you can do your fights here. Yes, we'll have a crowd. Yeah, we don't have COVID. You know what? Jail's exactly right. It's Chechnya, man. And because there's only one, I'm telling you right now, there's one flight a day. Wow. One flight a day going into Chechnya. It lands at about 2.30 in the morning. All right? Wow. 2.30 in the morning, you get off the plane, and then you they load up another plane at 3.30 in the morning, and that's how you get out of there. Wow. And it's a it's a weird place to be, but as far as you know, getting in and out. But yeah, 
I could see that that could be a place that possibly Dana could actually do fights. You said that that he that he got tickets, got good seats or whatever. You would think. I mean, he's not somebody you would say no to. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, and that's, if you, you know, the, it, it, this is the whole thing, and it's when I talk about the writer from Bloody Elbow who's, you know, uh, doing these stories. It's like the UFC's in a really rough, hard position. Yeah. Because this is this is the leader of a country. Yeah. Okay. And you just don't sit there and go, no, you can't have you. You. you we don't want you. That you know that, that's not the norm that no. you do with. A, so you, you have to you have to play this in a smart way, and it's not easy. But you know they they have been good with him. They have brought him, and uh, they didn't bring him, but they've you know had him come to their shows, and they have provided him with seats. And you know this might be where. Dana could actually, you know, this is a this is a definite place, no doubt. Yeah, he could put on that show. Yeah, but I, last thing I'm going to say, you want to talk about an advantage? Yes, for one fighter over the other. Absolutely. Tony Ferguson would be in such. I mean, you're talking Drago versus Rocky yeah. Balboa situation. Rocky for him going and everybody there. Yeah. All Muslims, all loving Khabib, all just, you know, when Tony Ferguson, if he if he was announced, if they allowed Buffer to do the announce, he would do his thing and you would hear crickets. Wow. Just crickets. Not even Nothing. Booze. Not even booze. Not even booze. Crickets. Wow. It would I've I've been there for like I said, I've done a lot of shows and I've been there for fights. And if they don't like someone, they don't really boo them. It's just dead silent. And yeah. is, that, is that a disrespect thing? Is that like to show more disrespect than booing, or what? what no, know? it's it's actual. Uh, well, this is the amount of respect we'll give you. You know, they're announcing you. Okay, I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm not going to say that I hate you, but stand by. As soon as they announce who your opponent is, I'll show you what I think. I watched a documentary on Kim Jong Un, the North Korean leader. The, the they, they don't have they don't have COVID there either. <laughs> probably don't know. Maybe they've been lying about the information. Um, look, there was a thing when he had first taken over. Apparently, one of his cousins was like next if he if he died or if he was killed or something like that. So there was some stuff that went around, and <clears throat> on the documentary. They showed that his cousin had moved, was living, I think, in Australia or something like that. And somebody walked up right behind him at the Australian airport and yeah. put something over his mouth. The, the girls. So Two girls. So you and have, it was a mixture. It was two things. One had to touch him first. They touched him. And then when the other thing, that's the chemical reaction that killed him. Wow. So when people, t when we're talking about, when we're talking about Dana getting in bed with, you know, with uh what's his name cut her off cut her off like we've heard Cotter everyone's off. heard stories you know um but i'm just saying like you've got it he dana's got to tread lightly I, and i agree with everything yeah. you're saying and we don't know where it's gonna go but i'm saying like you gotta you gotta you've got to start thinking not just him i'm saying all world leaders you've got to tread lightly with all of them you know um you're you're and i think he's doing a smart if he was to have the show there i wouldn't blame him I wouldn't blame it. You're going to still have the show going on and you have someone that supports MMA the way this guy does. I wouldn't blame him for putting it there. But like you said, it does favor Khabib 100%. Oh my God. You know, and so much. Tony Ferguson is walking into, it, it would be like, 
it's Thanksgiving and you're the only one with feathers. Yeah. Okay, I'm just telling you, man. <laughs> the old, I've never heard oh, that at all. That was pretty good, no. though. That's good. It's it's gonna be just him by himself with his trainers. That's it. What do you think of his mount of of Chael's Mount Rushmore? You know, I I love I, I love the fact he went with Hoist. I think there's no way in the world you can put this sport out there and not give credit to the guy that got people interested. Yeah. The guy that made people go whoa. All right. If you're going to sit there and say fighting skill wise, does does his skills transfer to being good today? No, no. Okay, it's a it's a different sport. It has evolved, but he definitely belongs on that. You know, know, when he brings Fedor into it, Fedor had a run that was just incredible and people can sit on it. And again, you know, Dana has tried to uh, downplay and diminish what Fedor was able to accomplish based upon that he wasn't able to get him to fight in the UFC, even though it was close at one time. But let's be honest, Fedor belongs on that. He, and the only other guy that comes close, you know, well, not comes close, does what Fedor did over an extended period of time is Khabib when we're talking about that undefeated streak for yeah. so long. Because, again, Fedor's loss wasn't a loss. His first loss was to Shiyoshi Kosaka. It was in rings. He was fouled. And because he was cut, they said, okay, you lose. And we're going to move you know, TK on because it was a tournament. So he didn't lose. So he had the same thing. It was basically a 31-fight win streak. Khabib hasn't even done that yet. Yeah. So I agree with him there. When it comes to Ronda, I think Ronda in elevating women's MMA there's a strong point there. I, I, I did a, a, a interview with Kevin Ioli on his his podcast, and he actually asked me what happened to Ronda. What 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 was it in your mind that happened to Ronda? And I think it was you know, it was a collection of things that that occurred that happened with Ronda. But at the time that Ronda was going strong, look at. People don't remember, you know, she was put on the cover of Sports Illustrated as the most dominant athlete, not the most dominant female athlete, the most dominant athlete in sports. Now, that's the Sports Illustrated jinx, and shortly thereafter, she lost to Holly Holm. But, you know, that's she was that dominant in our sport. So. That that one's a little tough for me, but I'll go with it. You got to put that's GSP a stretch, in. buddy. I have Serena Williams yeah. being the most dominant athlete. I think pretty much period. Serena Williams, female athlete, man. I'll tell you what, she's, for sure, she's the most dominant female athlete. But I would say probably yeah. the most dominant athlete. I mean, she didn't lose. She's close. Yeah, she's right yeah. there. Anyways, close. Yeah, I, I I agree. Where I like where he was going with the with the Ronda thing. I like obviously Hoist. I I don't mind putting Ronda on there because what she's done for the sport. Um. You know, Fedor. Fedor, and then you had, and then we put GSP up there. So there's your, there's yeah. four. If you wanted to yeah. add a, you know, if you wanted to add a fifth, I always add a fifth. You know, um, I, I'm reserving that spot for Khabib if he stays undefeated. I think if he loses, oh, then then I don't, hey. then I don't. I mean, like I don't put him on there if he loses. If he goes, if he goes. You know, he's got 30. the same kind of beard as there, Abe Lincoln, who's up there. Come on, man. A, if if you go, if he goes undefeated in the in the toughest division in the world, and then I think you know you got to give him credit, especially if he just beats, had to put that yes, little bit in there. I always will. Just had to. I always will. Just I want to make sure you people at home don't forget it. The 155 pound division is the most toughest division in the world, and it has been 
has been. You got to think about all the guys that have been there. BJ Penn, Carl Uno, Din Thomas, you know, all these guys that were there before. Even now, they're just, it's just stacked. Unbelievable. It's just the greatest ever. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, all right, my man. Well, hey, I'm going to let you run. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, hey, stay safe. Stay inside. Lock your doors. Okay, COVID's trying to get in. Lockdown, <laughs> baby. Lockdown. Uh, Next time I'm coming on, I'm going to have the mask. Oh, I'd love to see that. Now I don't have to look at the rest of your face. Just your <laughs> eyes. I can understand the, the whole point behind that. Have you been uh, exfoliating? Because it looks like there's less wrinkles on your forehead. No, no. no. I look like a Sharpay <laughs> puppy still now. <laughs> <laughs> it's quarantine. Quarantine's cleaning everything up. It's yeah. cleaning yeah, the air. See, there it's you cleaning go. the air. It's cleaning the water. It's cleaning John's face. You know what I have noticed go. though? It's been raining a lot more since less people have been out on the streets. I wonder if there's some sort of connection. I gotta I, I for some reason I believe it. Well, you know that there there's a lot of there's a lot of like photos. I, I think some of them are fake, but there's so, there's a lot of photos going around of like places that have cleaner air now as yeah. a result. Like LA apparently has the cleanest air since the eighties or something like I that. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt. I, mean, I don't doubt. I mean, there's less people on the road. There's less, less flights. And, there's yeah. less planes. There's Look less at everything. this, man. The, see, COVID's bad for humans, but the yeah. earth is healing itself. But here's the thing. I've always thought, I've always thought if they were so concerned, why wouldn't they just implement like a weekend long or a three or four day no travel, stay home ban like worldwide and say, look, this will help once, once a year you run three day, like a three day vacation. You can only, you can't use anything motorized. Everyone just stay home and you can ride your bikes. You can go running. You can be active outside. It also pushes, you know, for clean air and pollution. It also pushes health uh, and activity. Get outside and fucking me, do something. you want me to answer something. that for you? Because money. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> money, <laughs> money. I'm not talking months like we're going through right now. I'm talking yeah, weeks. No. But they've said the ozone, like the, the ozone layer that's been, I guess, is it the smallest it's been since they've caught it? I guess that, that, oh, the whole nose on or whatever, apparently is shrunk. I read an article about it the other day and I can't repeat it because I'm not very smart, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, all right, my man. Hey, you have a good, uh, weekend and we will touch base again in the next couple of days and, uh, tell everyone I said hi and that was good soon. to me, brother. My man, I'll talk to you later, bud. Later. Bye.